Welcome into the Most Accurate Podcast. I'm Anthony Stalter. Alongside me, as always, is 444.com Senior Editor John Paulson. We didn't have a podcast last Friday because of the Thanksgiving weekend. John, how was your holiday? I had a good holiday. Uh, my wife and son went to Disney World without me. Oh, they went, no. uh, That's not good. <laughs> which is okay. This is actually a good thing because I would be, I'm not a big theme park guy and I would bring a lot of negativity to the situation. <laughs> uh, so uh, my sister's 50th birthday, uh, she arranged for them all to stay in a condo together with one of her friends. And uh, they all they all had a grand time. I would have gone there and uh, probably been miserable standing in line constantly. But they, they really got around, rode a lot of rides. And uh, I went to a friend's house for Thanksgiving and um, watched a little bit of football and had a kind of a quiet week at the house. It was, it was pretty nice, except for the the Packers lost last night. That was pretty rough. You know, that was honestly one of the most entertaining games of the weekend. It was. It, I, I know that the, your Packers lost. I didn't expect Green Bay to score more than 14 points, nevertheless 28. They, they made it entertaining. It was a close game at the end. Unfortunately, uh, you didn't have the ball last, and I think that was that wound up being the difference. Yeah, I, th- I, I actually tweeted out in the morning, like, why can't we uh, you know, flex the uh, Saints-Rams to – Sunday night instead of watching the Packers. I don't even want to watch a Packers game because uh, I thought they would struggle to get 10 points um, after watching them last week against the Ravens. Uh, but, you know, a couple breakdowns in the secondary. Uh, I would say, well, the, the one was a secondary breakdown with uh, Randall Cobb. And then um, I think Shazier over-pursued on uh, Jamal Williams' screen. So that put them, that put the Packers in the position to to stay competitive in that game, even though they didn't uh, weren't able to capitalize uh, on the turnovers that the, the Steelers made. Uh, in the second half. All right. Well, we got a lot to do from a fantasy standpoint. Before we dive into the the big Week Twelve questions, tell us about the music that helped brought us in today. Yeah, this is uh, one of my favorite bands that sort of has gone uh, more towards the arena rock uh, vibe. Uh, the uh, Kings of Leon. I, just, I love their first few albums, uh, and then they've they've kind of gone to try to making uh, you know radio hits over the last several years, but um, still put out some good uh, some good roots rock type type songs, but this, this is my, one of my favorite tracks by them. It's called fans. It's the ninth track off of their 2007 album uh, because of the times. I don't really think it was a big radio hit. I think it's a big concert uh, favorite cause it's uh, you know, uh, an ode to the fans. And uh, you know, I put it on the uh, most accurate podcast playlist, also most accurate podcast playlist podcast playlist volume two, which you can find links to both of those in the, uh, the posts on the 444 website uh, for the podcasts. Let's dive into some of the bigger questions for Week 12. I want to start off in Kansas City. What what should fantasy owners do with Kareem Hunt at this point? He had a great matchup on Sunday. Should have been a get-right game for him against the Bills. The Bills haven't stopped anybody since Week 4, Week 5. Yet he rushed 11 times for 17 yards. He also only caught one pass for five yards. What's your advice for Hunt owners at this point? Well, this is his worst game of the year, and it came against the Bills, who were 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs heading into this game. They had just been getting killed on the ground. So I I really thought that this was going to be a um, get-right game for him. Uh, I, I thought he'd find the end zone for the first time since week three. I mean, even uh, after he finally scored his touchdowns in week three, he still had some good games. Week four, 100, 120 yards. Week five, 
116 yards. Um, week six, he had over 100 yards against Pittsburgh, uh, over 100 yards against Oakland in week seven, just no touchdowns. And then Denver, Dallas, um, the Giants, he had 77 yards. Those are all under 80 yards, I think, total offense. Um, and then this week was the worst. And it's just they're having a tough, tough time running the ball. Um, Alex Smith wasn't able to threaten them, uh, the Bills, in the passing game. So the uh, the Bills were able to focus on shutting down Hunt, and it worked. Uh, next week, he's got a tougher matchup uh, than the last two weeks against the Giants and Bills. He's got the, the Jets, who are 11th and adjusted fantasy points allowed to running back. So I think he'll be, you know, I'm going to have to downgrade this KC running game significantly, and he's probably going to be, uh, you know, an RB2 uh, next week. But then after that, he's got week 14, week 15, uh, the Raiders, you know, 27th and adjusted fantasy points, uh, points allowed to running backs at home. Uh, Chargers 30th uh, and adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs at home. And then the uh, Dolphins at home, uh, they're 12th in that metric. So the hope is that uh, if fantasy owners have to start him next week, that he gets him a decent day. Um, maybe he's able to find the end zone. Uh, and then if, if, it, if the running game starts to improve a little bit, then you can start him with more confidence in week 14, 15, and 16. Is Devin Funchess, who had 7 of 12 targets for 108 yards, matchup proof now? Well, I think he's if he's not matchup proof, he's at least volume. He's a volume play pretty much every week. I mean, he had twelve targets this week, uh, seven for one hundred eight, and then you know last week six targets, five for ninety two and two touchdowns. The week before that, five for eighty six on seven targets. So since this Kelvin Benjamin trade, he's been uh, extremely involved. But he's been extremely involved all year. Uh, it, you just worry a little bit with the. Um, with the run nature of the, of the offense. I mean, this week, uh, week 13, he's got the saints who are third and adjusted fancy points allowed to wide receivers. However, uh, their secondary is very dinged up as we saw, uh, Jared Goff, uh, throw the ball with, with ease against the saints yesterday. Uh, so we got to keep an eye on those, on those, uh, injuries. Uh, if those guys are back, then it's going to be a little bit of a downgrade for Funchess. And I'll probably rank him as a uh, wide receiver too. But if, if they're out again, he's probably, uh, getting into the top 10, top 12 range. Let's stick with that same game, talking about some other players, including Greg Olson. He returned yesterday, but he suffered some soreness in that same foot that had kept him out for the last two months. Should fantasy owners just hold off on using Olson until he proves that he's a reliable option again? Yeah, I played 33% of the snaps, uh, left with a injury, but the the x-rays, I believe, were negative, so that's a good sign for him. I don't think he's startable until he starts to play half the snaps and or is at least really productive in – uh, 40, 30, 40% of the snaps. I, uh, it, it just doesn't seem like it's, uh, happening right now. Uh, again, they have the, they have the saints who are 12th in that metric, uh, for tight ends. Uh, but then after that, Minnesota six, Green Bay second, Tampa Bay eighth. So it's, it's kind of a tough schedule for, for Olsen down the stretch. Robbie Anderson went off again. He caught six of 10 targets for 146 yards. And he also had a pair of touchdowns. Is he a weekly fantasy starter? Uh, I think you have to treat him as such. He's, I mean, he's got six touchdowns in his last five games. Uh, he's not seeing huge volume, but, you know, he's averaging 6.7 uh, targets per game. He, he's a big play guy, so he's got the 17 yard, over 17 yards per catch. Um, he's playing 81% of the snaps, so I think he's uh, getting there. I mean, I had him ranked uh, in the mid-20s, I think, this week due to um, – the, the wind that picked up there this yesterday morning, but obviously didn't make much of a difference. I try not to adjust for wind 
unless it's over uh, 20 miles per hour uh, sustained. Um, and, uh, you know, so I think I dropped him from 21 to 25, just moving some other guys up, moving him down a little bit due to the wind. Um, but that obviously wasn't a good decision on my part. Uh, but next week, he has the Chiefs at home, 30th and just a fantasy points allowed to receivers. That's going to be a, kind of a must-start game for him. And then it gets a little bit tougher. He's got the uh, the Broncos in week 14, their second. And then the Saints again, week uh, 15, their third in that metric. Um, those are red matchups for us, but obviously the Saints cornerback's health is an issue. And then week 16, the Chargers, I think he's going to probably draw Casey Hayward. But I don't know if that's a, a reason to, to bench him. He's probably going to be ranked as a wide receiver two or a high-end wide receiver three in that in that matchup. Let's move on to that Eagles-Bears matchup. The Bears were horrible offensively. We'll get we'll get to the one player I want to discuss in a second, but let's let's start off with the Eagles. J.H.I. only earned five carries for 26 yards. He also fumbled, although his teammate Nelson Aguilar jumped on it uh, for a touchdown. Laguerre Blunt, meanwhile, he finished with 15 carries for 97 yards. What do you make of the Eagles' backfield situation as it's currently constructed? Well, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't feel comfortable starting Jai uh, if he's going to see one third of the carries that Legarrette Blunt saw. And I think Blunt broke a big run and then fumbled uh, early in the game. Um, but he, he showed enough to continue to get that that workload. And uh, so right now, this looks like a, a committee. And uh, you know, at any moment they could try to uh, increase Ajayi's uh, workload. So it makes Blunt kind of a dicey start. Uh, as well, and if if Blunt gets stuffed on his first three carries, then they might just turn turn over to Jai. So this is really uh, dicey for fantasy owners, and there aren't a whole lot of um, good answers here in terms of what to do moving forward. But the the nice thing is for them, they have one week here with uh, the Seahawks, uh, their eighth, and just fantasy points allowed to running backs, and then they face the Rams, who are twenty ninth, uh, the Giants, who are twenty sixth, and the Oakland, who is twenty seventh. So if you know if Blunt sees another 12 to 15 carries in this game. You can be fairly confident starting him the final three weeks because he's going to probably find early success. And if if it's more of a time split, then maybe they're trying to get Ajayi ready uh, to go for the playoff run. All right, the Bears were horrible offensively yesterday in Philadelphia. I think that's an understatement. They once again decided not to use Tariq Cohen, who totaled negative three yards on four touches. Last week, at this point, last Monday, we talked about potentially dusting off Cohen um, as a potential option again, at least at least storing him on your bench. Can we officially dump him and move on from Cohen after the the Bears have really failed to use him in I would say three, four, five out of the last six weeks? Well, this was a really a terrible matchup for the the Bears running game, and that's just one aspect of Cohen's game. You know, he's got the two carries for negative eleven yards. Uh, I faded uh, Jordan Howard in the in the rankings. Uh, I had him at I think fifteen. That turned out to be a good decision. He had seven carries for six yards. Uh, so the team, com- the running backs combined for 10 carries for negative six yards. Uh, and this is a pretty good running game. So it just goes to show you how good the, the Eagles are. And they only let you run so much because they jump out to a lead. Uh, Cohen should have seen a lot more work in the passing game. That's the problem here. If he's not seeing six, seven, eight targets, um, then he's not going to be the uh, the weapon that he was earlier in the year in the, in the PPR format. So this is a kind of a case of a really bad matchup and that just kind of got out of control. You should, but in, in this situation, you should, should see Cohen with five, six catches. Uh, they have the giants ne- or I'm sorry, the, the 49ers. I thought of your San Francisco giants there uh, when I saw the <laughs> match. Yeah. The giants are, or sorry, the, uh, the 49ers are 32nd and just a fancy points allowed to 
running backs. Then they have this, the Bengals for 15th, Detroit 23rd, Cleveland 14th. So there might be some in deep leagues where, uh, you know, PPR formats, you might use Cohen, but I haven't been using him in my deep leagues lately because he's just not trustworthy. I know you've been thinking about the Giants potentially landing John Carlos Stanton, John. I know you've been thinking about that a lot. Yeah, you know how, how big of a baseball fan I am. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the Titans. They, they really struggled offensively. They did pick up a four-point victory in Indianapolis. That was the four, first time they won in Indy in quite a while. But from a fantasy perspective, at this point, take stock of Mariota, Corey Davis, the two running backs. Which players do you trust in that offense right now? Well, when Rashard Matthews is healthy, I trust him. Delaney Walker's come on. I, I trust him. Uh, I was expecting a lot more from Corey Davis in a great matchup uh, with, with Matthews out, uh, but really didn't get it. Um, you know, let's look at Mariota's schedule down the stretch here. You know, this was a, a spot, a great spot for him against the Colts, and he didn't really do a whole lot. 184 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, didn't run the ball much. Uh, but they have the uh, this whole offense has the Texans next week. They're thirty second adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. They're I think they're last in the league uh, against receivers as well. So uh, we'll we'll probably be starting uh, quite a few Titans next week. Um, Dion Lewis rushed for one hundred and twelve yards and only fifteen carries, and then Rex Burkhead scored twice, totaling fifty three yards. We already know that Lewis is a weekly RB two. We talked about him last week, and he produced again. Burkhead is the one I want to focus on here. He fumbled last week in that win over Oakland. We were wondering how Bill Belichick would handle the situation. He comes back a week later. He scores twice. Is Burkhead an RB2 option depending on the matchup? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you're looking at his last two games, uh, 24 touches. He had uh, 15 touches uh, this week against the the Dolphins. And they're just sort of pushing – James White to the wayside, even though White's playing about the same number of snaps, he's just not seeing the pass, att- uh, the, the, the targets. Uh, Deion Lewis is getting two targets. Barker got two targets. They didn't have to throw the whole ball a whole lot uh, to their running backs this week. Um, and it's just making White, especially a PPR, who was it, like a PPR RB2, uh, play you know pretty much every week. Uh, he's just kind of, you know, his, his role has just been reduced. And uh, he was seeing some carries as well, and now he's not hardly seeing any. Uh, they they want to get Burkhead the ball. Uh, it's pretty clear. They Gillisley was a healthy scratch again. So I think you could start Lewis and Burkhead. Um, you could start them both. Uh, this is a really productive offense. Next week they have the Bills, then they have the Dolphins again. Uh, then they have the uh, Steelers, who were uh, kind of worked over by Jamal Williams. Uh last night, and then they got the Bills again week 16. So I think you're looking at Burkhead and Lewis is pretty much startable the rest of the way. Damian Williams, total 52 yards before exiting yesterday's loss to the Patriots with an injury, while Kenyon Drake, he managed just 47 total yards, but he did find the end zone, so he did salvage his fantasy production. Are either of these two backs a decent start at this point, provided, of course, that Williams is healthy? Well, it's going to be tough uh, looking at their upcoming schedule because uh, they have Denver – uh, New England again, 13 and 14. So if Williams is out those two weeks, Kenyon Drake will be like a sort of a volume play. I mean, he had 12 touches, um, which was his most since week nine uh, when he had 15. Uh, I would think that against Denver, he would, you know, top that. He probably would have 15 touches total. Uh, so he's startable if you're in a, in a bind. Uh, he's not going to be a high efficiency player in that game against Denver. Um, they're a good defense. 
Uh, and then New England again, week 14, same situation as this week. Uh, I think he'd be startable just because he's, he'd have a role in a passing game if, if Damian, William, Damian Williams is out. And then he's got the Bills in week 15. So if Damian Williams is out for that game, then that's a pretty good start. The Bills uh, have struggled against the run, although they did shut down Kareem Hunt uh, yesterday. Julio Jones finally had a breakout performance, and Tevin Coleman uh, lived up to the to his own a low-end RB1 hype with Devontae Freeman out. It'll be interesting to see if Freeman returns next week against Minnesota. He's missed a couple of games with a concussion. I wanted to ask you about Muhammad Sanu, though. He caught eight passes for 67 yards and continues to play a bigger role in the Falcons' offense now in his second year. I know that you've listed Muhammad Sanu as a sneaky start over the, you know, several times this year. You think now that he's a weekly wide receiver three? Uh, yeah, and I think he's sometimes pushing two. I mean, he, he threw a pa- uh, touchdown yesterday to Julio Jones. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yep. So he had a big game. I had him uh, starting in our uh, fantasy football players championship game, uh, and he sort of. We had AJ Green didn't perform. Travis Kelsey didn't perform. Leonard Fournette didn't perform. But Sanu kept us in it, and then we had Jamal Williams going um, in the night game, and we needed about. We were down thirty-five with Jamal Williams and Mike Wallace versus their Justin Tucker. So we needed about 20 from Jamal Williams. We got 29 from him. So we're down five right now with Wallace versus Tucker. And I'm just afraid that this is going to be like a five field goal game for, for Justin Tucker. But <laughs> sorry for going off on my tangent there. Sanu has been really good for us uh, in that league. I mean, it's a PPR league. So um, six catches, six catches, three, 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 eight. Um, you know, three touchdowns in his last uh, five games. Uh, and then he also threw the touchdown uh, as well. So on nine targets. Uh, I think against Minnesota, things are a little bit tougher. Week 13, uh, week 14, the Saints, again, the cornerback issues there, but he plays in the slot. So you kind of have to look at the slot matchups uh, against Minnesota and New Orleans and see. Uh, and that's, that's, I'll look at that matchup with the cornerbacks and see if it's uh, favorable or not favorable because sometimes those slot corners aren't as good as the outside guys. Um, sometimes they're better. Uh, but week 15, certainly against Tampa Bay, again, you, you got you to get them out there. I think New Orleans generally uh, – is a good start. I don't know. Um, it, it does depend on the, the health of those cornerbacks, though. Doug Martin left the game yesterday in Atlanta with a concussion. Peyton Barber scored two touchdowns. And if Martin is out this week, do you like Bark, uh, Barber as a waiver wire flyer? Uh, he had a quiz. Jack Quiz Rogers actually saw more carries. He saw eight. Uh, Barber had the two touchdowns, though. So now we have, if Martin's out, we now have a, looks like a um, committee with, Jaquiz Rogers and Peyton Barber splitting carries and Barber getting the goal line work and Charles Sims getting most of the uh, receiving uh, work, right? He's the best receiver of that bunch. So uh, the matchups are not bad. I mean, they've got the Packers and Detroit the next two weeks, um, but it's hard to get excited about any of these guys given the splits. I guess you could, uh, in standard formats, you could run Barber out there and hope he gets a, a goal line carry or two. Corey Coleman only caught three passes for 67 yards yesterday in that loss of the Bengals. But here's the key part. He was targeted eight times. So in the last two weeks since his return, the Browns are treating him like a true number one wide receiver. Do you like him as a wide receiver three moving forward? I, I would think so. Uh, you've, he's getting out of a tough part of his schedule. I mean, he had six for 80 against Jacksonville. They're number one in just a fancy points allowed receivers. Uh, Cincinnati's eighth. He had three for 64 against them. So those are both serviceable uh, fantasy lines there, especially in PPR formats. I don't know how many touchdowns he's going to catch, but he did have one in uh, week one, his first game. Uh, and then he's got the Chargers, 19th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. I'm sure he'll see Casey Hayward in that game. 
uh, week 14, certainly against the Packers, uh, 29th in that, in that metric. Uh, you could start him that week, Baltimore and Chicago. Uh, they're both in the top 12. So a little bit tougher, uh, after that Packer matchup. Is Paul Richardson emerging as a weekly wide receiver three? Cause he caught four passes for 70 yards yesterday in San Francisco. And after watching him play, uh, Atlanta in that Monday night game last week, He's seemingly becoming one of the favorites of Russell Wilson, who's got to throw every down. Doug, Doug Baldwin, uh, even though he had a quiet game yesterday, he remains the top wide receiver there. But what's your feel on on Paul Richardson? You know, you look at his game logs, and it's not bad. I mean, since the bye, uh, he's they got gained at least 40 yards uh, from from scrimmage, 70-56. Uh, uh, this is working backwards, 70-56, 43-41, 102 or 105 with two touchdowns against Houston. Uh, that's, that's why I'm hoping that uh, Mike Wallace has a big game tonight. Uh, 61 yards against the Giants and a touchdown in week seven. So he is one of the, you know, if it's not going to be Baldwin, it's not going to be Jimmy Graham. It's probably going to be Richardson with the touchdown. Uh, he's got five on the year. You're moving into uh, a matchup with the Eagles. The 22nd, Joseph Fancy points a lot of the receivers. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. They're not going to be able to run against the Eagles. Uh, so that'll be a high volume game. He might see seven to 10 targets again. But then it gets a little bit tougher. Jacksonville, the Rams, both uh, top seven and that metric before the uh, Cowboys that are 25th in that metric. So I think he's, I mean, I probably feel comfortable starting him week 13, week 16 against Dallas. And the other two weeks, it's a little bit, a little bit dicier. He's probably going to be ranked in the 40s. With Robert Woods out, is Cooper Cup a weekly starter in PPR formats? He was targeted 11 times yesterday. He caught eight passes and 116 yards. I believe that was the first 100-yard performance for Cooper Cup, who's a rookie. And then what are your thoughts on Sammy Watkins and Josh Reynolds since we're talking about Rams wideouts? Yeah, we'll see how long Woods is out. But the you know this is sort of the hashtag free Sammy Watkins uh, movement. Uh I think he had nine targets yesterday and caught a touchdown and had over 80 yards receiving uh, for the first time in a while. Um, and it was not a good matchup on paper, but the as I mentioned, the Saints quarterback, both top cornerbacks were out, so it turned into a good matchup, and they wisely threw the ball a lot against the Saints. Uh, they have Arizona this week. I think Arizona is a bad matchup for Sammy Watkins specifically uh, if Woods is out because he's going to see a lot of Patrick Peterson um, Cup is probably a better start there uh, than they have the Eagles in week 14. I think they're both startable there if if Woods remains out. But if Woods comes back, it's going to kind of throw this whole thing uh, back to where we were, reset it, and we just don't know uh, who to start. But, you know, Woods being uh, the best fantasy player uh, this year uh, in this receiving core. Uh, this has been nice, though, to see Watkins get, get used. Uh, I actually started him in our league, Anthony, uh, even though my team fell short. Uh it was nice to see him get that touchdown and actually get some usage uh, from uh, Jared Goff. I want to talk to you about Amari Cooper. So he suffered a concussion in, Ra- in the Raiders' win yesterday against the Broncos. I noticed that in your rankings you had him right around 30-31, but he also had a tough matchup. Uh, when he's healthy, where are you right now with Amari Cooper? Do you, do you feel as though he's more of a, a wide receiver three, wide receiver four at this point? He certainly has the talent, but he's had an awful year. And then if he is injured, any thoughts on Cordell Patterson? Well, I think Cooper is talented. Um, I didn't have him ranked real high in our draft rankings. Uh, I, I, I often wondered aloud, I think it was on this podcast and others, that why you know why would you draft Amari Cooper in the second round when you can have Michael Crabtree in the fourth? Um, because when Crabtree had just been outperforming uh, Cooper, or it had been close enough that 
that didn't justify the, the cost increase to try to go for the upside in Cooper. Uh, Cooper was pretty much dead up until week uh, seven. Uh, you know, he had three sub 10 yard games, uh, weeks three through five, which is just dreadful. Uh, 28 yards, which was a big increase for him, but not very good against the Chargers in week six. And then he busted out against the Chiefs, 11 for 210 and two touchdowns. And he, his games after that were not awful. I mean, five for 48 against Buffalo, four for 58 against uh, Miami. Um, those aren't good, but they're not awful. And then he's caught two touchdowns in each of the last, or he's caught a touchdown in each of the last two games. Um, so if he comes back, I would just treat him as a, you know, a, the second option probably in this offense uh, to, to Crabtree, who gets more of the, the red zone work. Uh, but you've got nice matchups against the Giants, uh, 20th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to receivers. Chiefs again, 30th. They got Dallas, 25th, and then Philadelphia, 22nd. So Cooper, Crabtree are two guys that could uh, sort of go off or increase their production down the stretch. It's just there's been not a whole lot of confidence, especially in Cooper, uh, given the up and down nature of his season. How much do you downgrade guys like Demarius Thomas with the Broncos constantly flip-flopping quarterbacks? You had Paxton Lynch go down yesterday. He was awful. Trevor Simeon came in through a couple of late touchdown passes in that game against the, the, the Raiders. But what's your general feeling on Demarius Thomas? Well, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, I mean, I, th- I think I feel best with them if, if Simeon's in there because they seem to be most familiar with him. They've had success and have been good fantasy receivers with him in there. I think Lynch is more of the wild card. You just don't know what you're going to get. And we, we saw that yesterday. Uh, we didn't necessarily get a good uh, quarterback play. Uh, Demarius had, you know, priority yesterday against Oakland. It was a nice matchup against Oakland. Uh, he had three touchdowns uh, in his previous three games, one in each game. Uh, he's seeing lots of targets. So if Simeon's back under center, I think I would just treat him as I normally would. They have Miami, New, the Jets, Indianapolis, all in the 20s, and just a fancy place a lot of receivers before they face uh, the Redskins in Week 16. So I think both Sanders and uh, Thomas will be startable if Simeon's under center. Tight end question for you. Is Arizona's Ricky Seals-Jones a legitimate fantasy option after catching four passes for 72 yards and a touchdown yesterday in that upset win over the Jags? You know, he had two touchdowns in the previous game. Uh, he's only playing... I don't know, 14% of the snaps in week 11, 23% of the snaps in week 12. This feels like point point chasing, but when you look at the, you know, the receiving options that, 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 that they have there in, in Arizona, they don't have a lot of big guys who can catch the ball in the end zone. Uh, Gresham was supposed to fill that role, but he really hasn't. Um, Larry Fitzgerald is getting double teamed, I'm sure, uh, most uh, red zone targets. And so Seals Jones is getting, you know, making making some uh, noise in that in that role. Um, he's averaging 18 yards per catch as well. And then uh, looking ahead is at his schedule: the Rams, Tennessee, both white matchups for us, uh, which are mediocre, and then uh, green matchups against Washington and, and the Giants. So, I mean, if you're desperate and you're trying to stream the option, stream the position, and you could throw him in there and see if he uh, pans out. I mean, he did get five targets last week and then six targets this week, so. Uh, that's not bad for a tight end. 149ers question for you. C.J. Beathard is dealing with a sprained knee. Does, we don't, we're not sure at this point. We're recording on Monday whether or not Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play this week. Is he a streaming option? And then which skill skill position players benefit the most from Jimmy Garoppolo starting if he does? I think it's a, a little concerning with the, the quarterback change here, but if they, they run him out there, I think he's better than uh, Beathard. Um, 
and then you're looking at the matchup. So I think week, week 13 is difficult uh, at Chicago. Uh, there's six in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterback. So the, the, the passing game might take a little step back there. He doesn't have a lot of talent at receiver. But week 14, week 15, uh, you know, the Texans in the Dome, uh, Tennessee in week 15, uh, they're both green matchups for us. So uh, there's some a little bit of potential there. Uh, I wouldn't stream Garoppolo against the Bears, but I might think about it. If he has a pretty good game against the Bears, he looks decent. Uh, I might think about it in week 14 and 15 against the, the Texans and the Titans. One question about D.D. Westbrook. He's, he played in just the second game yesterday, but he led the team in targets with 10. He caught six passes for 41 yards. Fantasy option? Getting there. Uh, I think PPR formats, he's becoming one. I mean, he had 10 points there in, in, uh, in PPR leagues. Uh, he's got the nice matchup this week against Indianapolis, so he'll probably be ranked uh, in the 40s. Um, given that workload, you know, 16 targets over the last two weeks and then jumping from 45% of the snaps to 70% of the snaps. Uh, they need another option besides uh, Marquise Lee. And it appears that uh, uh, Westbrook is that person. Uh, week 14, they have the, the Seahawks. Uh, they're banged up a corner. Uh, week 15, the Texans. Again, we target that team in uh, the passing game. And then week 16 against the, the 49ers, which is kind of a mediocre matchup. So, I think he's uh, usable in deeper leagues as, as, a, as a PPR uh, spot start. I wouldn't get too excited about him, but um, you know, it's not a it's not a bad situation for him, uh, especially if uh, Alan Hearns remains out. If Hearns comes back, then that kind of throws th- throws things back up in the air. Is Martavis Bryant back on your radar after catching four passes for forty one yards and a touchdown last night against the Packers, or does it all depend on Juju Smith Schuster's uh, playing time? I think it depends on his health, uh, Juju's health. Uh, Bryant was ranked, I ranked him at 32 this last week, which was the highest in a while, I believe, uh, because, you know, he was going to have to play more um, with with Juju out. And that kind of came to fruition. He was getting, uh, seemed like he was getting more targeted. He had six targets. He played 78% of the snaps uh, after playing 59%, 56% the two previous games. So he's definitely out in the field more. It was a nice matchup against the Packers. Uh, the next couple of weeks, though, it gets tougher. They've got the Bengals and the the Ravens before they have a couple of easy matchups with the Patriots and the and the Texans. So, um, you know, if Juju is out against the Bengals. Uh, we'll probably have Bryant ranked in the low uh, or the high thirties, I guess, low forties. Uh, and then Baltimore is similar. It's a, those are similar matchups in uh, the passing game. Obviously, in Cincinnati, is going to struggle a little bit more with Ben Roethlisberger's uh, very stark home away split. So. Week 13, I wouldn't feel great about starting him, but week 14 back in, uh, at home against Baltimore, I think he'd be startable if Juju remains out. I wanted to ask you about Aaron Rodgers, but let's talk about the Packers as they're currently constructed right now. Thoughts on the Packers' skill position players. Devontae Adams, is he a weekly option given how frequent Brett Hundley seems to target him in the passing game? And then after last night's game, you think Jamal Williams is a flex, flex option? Uh, well, I think Jamal was a flex option heading into last night's game because he's just no, he's the last man standing. <laughs> he's going to yeah. see a lot of work. I mean, I did not expect him to be as productive as he was, uh, against those Steelers. Uh, you know, you would have thought that the Steelers would have been able to shut down the run and force Brett Hundley to beat him, but then they made a couple of mistakes in the passing game and it, uh, you know, gave him some confidence and turned that into a game. Uh, Devontae Adams, great. I think he'll be a great start. I'll, I'll probably have him ranked in the top 20, top 25 uh, for sure against the the Bucks in week 13, even though he's um, 
has this downgraded quarterback, he's seeing more uh, targets. I mean, since the bye, 10 targets against Detroit, uh, eight against Chicago, 10 against Baltimore, and then nine last night against Pittsburgh. That's, you know, over uh, nine um, targets per game. So uh, that, that sort of volume you can't get everywhere. And I think, uh, you know, he and Hundley have a nice, a nice report. Then uh, they, they get into a tougher part of the schedule with Cleveland, Carolina, and Minnesota. Uh, really, the Packers have to win the next two games at home against Tampa, at Cleveland. That would put them at uh, seven and six uh, with Rodgers potentially coming back uh, in a tough spot at Carolina, with hoping that you win out, right, to, to win 10 games and maybe sneak into the playoffs. So, uh, it's going to be all hands on deck, I think, for the Packers. And I think, uh, you know, both Williams, if Ty Montgomery remains out with that rib injury, he's a pretty good start uh, against Tampa. I think it would have him ranked as a pretty high-end RB2 in the middle of those RB2 ranks. And then uh, Devontae uh, Adams sort of in the same range. I just uh, It's funny that they can't figure out a way to use uh, Jordy Nelson, um, but you just the mind meld that he has with Rodgers on those back shoulder throws, uh, it just it's funny how – Big, a big part of his production that uh, that mind meld is uh, for Jordy versus Devontae Adams, who's um, got a mind meld with uh, Brett Hundley. Speaking of Rodgers, he reportedly threw deep in a recent workout. He's not eligible to return until Week 15. But do you, if you're a, if you're a fantasy owner right now, you might have some quarterback issues. Do you pick up Aaron Rodgers and stash him? Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're streaming the position, he's a he's a guy that you could pick up and just stash. Um, and then you hope you have him for, you know, the final three games, uh, of this or actually the final two games of the fantasy playoffs. You're probably just going to get him for week 15, week 16. That's at Carolina and Minnesota and Carolina's, uh, pass defense isn't great. Um, they're, they're not great against the pass, but, uh, they're 13th in adjusted fantasy points. A lot of quarterbacks, Minnesota is 15th. That game against Minnesota is at home. Uh, so they're both. He's certainly going to be startable in both, even though he's coming off of the injury. Um, you would, if he's already throwing, you think his timing and everything would be down uh, if they're able to pull out two wins here. But you know, if they lose another game, week thirteen, week fourteen, uh, then the season's probably cooked. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs at nine and seven. Um, certainly, if they lose both, they're completely out, and you can you can cut uh, Rogers at that point. Any thoughts on tonight's Monday Night Football matchup? Doesn't seem like a, a great fantasy matchup but you got Alex Collins and uh Danny Woodhead on one side Houston is facing a tough Baltimore defense but any any thoughts on the fantasy aspect of tonight's Monday Night Football game well for me I just need uh Mike Wallace to outscore uh Justin Tucker by five points that's the only thing I'm looking for out of this tonight's game but uh you know this is a rate a chance for the Ravens passing offense to really uh take off or at least be serviceable and maybe get Joe Flacco up above 250 yards and a couple touchdowns. He does play better at home uh, than he does on the road. Uh, And then it'll be interesting to see DeAndre Hopkins. uh, This is a bad matchup for him against the Ravens, but does his volume in that offense um, offset that, that tough matchup? What are you looking for in this game? Uh, I need Alex Collins and Justin Tucker to go bananas. No, 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 not just, not Justin Tucker. I'm sorry, I need it. Uh, I've, I'm down. I'm down about ten points, so I do have the two players, which is nice. But unfortunately, DeAndre Hopkins is waiting for me on the other side. Uh, so, 
it seems like a seems like a seems like a tough road to hoe, but yeah, I need Alex Collins to score about three touchdowns tonight. And if he does that, you know, I I can take just a mediocre game from Justin Tucker, John, and we can all win. All right, that'll work. Nice. That'll that'll work. <laughs> That's John Paulson. You can follow him on Twitter at four 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 underscore John. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter. We'll be back. On Friday for the the Friday edition of the Most Accurate Podcast, we'll go over injury updates heading into week 13 and discuss any sneaky starts that John has. Until then, good luck tonight if you're playing, and we'll talk to you again on Friday. Yeah. Yeah.